Jen, if I've not met you before, uh, my husband and I, who is not here tonight, he's gone home with the three little rascals that we have in our lives. Uh, but we lead this church, and if I've not met you before, if this is your first time here, then a huge welcome to you. It's lovely to have you with us, even though I can't see you because I'm totally blinded by the lights. Nothing to do with the last carol. No, it's not light divine, is it? <laughs> of my strange mind playing tricks on me. Anyway, um, I was rather much looking forward to the second carol service because I know that um, you've all had a little bit of mulled wine, so uh, you'll be way more graceful with me tonight. <laughs> I should have had one, really. But I was being good. I was being good for you because it would be totally inappropriate, everything I was going to say if I'd had one. <laughs> anyway, so um, you might have noticed we had our little flyers and uh, there we go, joy. Joy is the theme of our carol service this year which brings me great joy, because joy is literally my favourite word. Not just because I can spell it, I'm dyslexic, so three-letter words are my fave. And the fact that it starts with the same letter as my name, yes, and ends with the same letter. Jen, joy. Anyway, that's totally random. Why we like little things. It's like my name, that's why I like it. No, but I do love, I do love the word joy. Who doesn't love joy? Feeling joyful, being joyful. I told you I was going to be random. I haven't even had any mulled wine. But you have, which is why you're going to forgive me. Um, I was uh, glancing through my mobile the other day and I was just having a look um, at some of the texts that I write to people because I suddenly became aware that I was writing this talk about joy. I was like, I think I use that word rather a lot. So uh, here's, here's a small snapshot of some of the recent texts that I've sent. Uh, found a bargain top in a charity shop. Joy! <laughs> Such joy to see you last night. Woke up this morning, it's snowing! Joy! Literally become an opera singer. And even in my most um, sarcastic texts, there is joy. Yes, discovered head lice in all my children's hair this evening. Oh, the joys of parenting. Do I overuse the word? Probably, definitely. But I, for one, feel that you can never really have enough joy in life. Indeed, this world we live in, this life, far too often really could do with a little more joy in it, couldn't it? Not just a sprinkling of joy, but a bucket load, a skip load of joy. And some of you might be here this evening and think, gosh, do you know what, I just wish a dumper truck would come and just dump an entire skip load of joy into my life. To be low on joy, to be joyless, is an all-too-common state of the human condition, isn't it? And part of my working meek, week, meek, part of my working week, some of you will know I work as a GP, and, um, and I see so much of this. Joylessness, sometimes related to poor physical health, sometimes it's something completely different. But um, often it's just life, isn't it, that drags us down, sucks the joy out of us. Ask any mother on a bad day at 6pm. Ask anyone in a job where they're feeling underappreciated, bullied even. Ask anyone struggling financially in a relationship with sibling, a parent, friend, child. This time of year can be so ironically joyless when all around us we're confronted with images and adverts and this overwhelming sense that tis the season to be joyful, which when you're not feeling particularly joyful yourself can make you feel worse, can't it? And it's not just that. This time of year, we're also bombarded with all these excessive amount of promises for what can change that. 
ways of making us happy, bringing us joy, changing our circumstances, maybe making others happy. Joyful, perhaps, if only we would drink this, buy this, eat this, acquire that. And I was watching telly the other day, and you get all these wonderful adverts. You know, all the big companies spend a heck of a load of money, don't they, on huge advertising campaigns. Come and visit John Lewis and we'll do this amazing advert for you, or Debenhams, or whatever it is. But there was one particular advert that made me sort of sit back and go, that's rubbish. Because, I was like, who are you kidding? This woman was uh, literally dancing and prancing around, singing like she was in some sort of a musical as her windows and doors were being fitted in time for Christmas. I was like, you're kidding me, seriously. I mean, where have we got to where we're being convinced that having new windows and doors in time for Christmas will make any difference to our joy levels to the extent that we morph into Julie Andrews from The Sound of Music? I mean, come on. I was like, James, seriously, he's like, oh, I was hoping to get some new doors. That's <laughs> the way he thinks. This time of year, though, we are probably most vulnerable and most gullible to the promise of joy, aren't we? So what is joy exactly? How to describe it? Well, is happiness at the next level, the ultimate level. Happiness in bold and italics and underlined with loads of exclamation marks afterwards, which is exactly how I write most of my texts. It's not just a feeling that sits inside you and makes you smile and warms your heart. It's dynamic, it's expressive, it bursts out. It actually is, come to think of it, personified in Julie Andrews and the Sound of Music. You know, that image of her on that, uh, on that mountaintop with her arms wide open, voice lifted to the heavens, literally everything ounce in her physical being expressing her inmost feeling. And that's why when I open the Bible, and I know it's sometimes viewed as a heavy tomb, you know, lots of laws and lots of sobriety, but it's actually a book full to brim with joy. I was just scanning through it as I was writing this talk, and all these phrases, sing for joy, shout for joy, dance for joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When my anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. And joy peppers the Christmas story as well. We heard earlier in that reading what the angels said to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So unlike the promises made to us about this or that bringing us joy, you know, windows, new sofas, the latest eye gadget, Prosecco that's hangover free. It's on my list, just in case you're thinking of getting me something. And you know, <laughs> if I'm being really honest, almost everything in this life that we chase after, significance through our careers, wealth, more wealth, property, sex, just to be loved by someone. We know, don't we, deep down, that although these may indeed bring some satisfaction, happiness, even joy initially, they are not attainable or attained by all. But more significantly, the joy they may well bring will not last. It's temporary, fleeting, it's a veneer. Just think about it. That new car that you're excited about getting, I'm never excited about a new car, but some people are really excited about new cars. I'd be more excited about a bike, actually. Um, that new car, the moment you drive it away, it's already starting to wear away. No matter what size house you have, there will always be someone with a bigger house, a nicer house. Every new relationship feels wonderful, exciting, full of promise initially. But we know, don't we, 
that relationships take serious compromise, hard work, and the acceptance of the other person being human. They will let us down. They are not perfect. You only need to glance at the divorce statistics in this country to realize that. A career that seems to offer so much promise. Well, show me the perfect job and I'll be first in the queue. We live in a world, an imperfect world. Nothing in this world will ever truly satisfy, and we know that when we really ask the question. No wonder the human heart has always had a tendency for addiction and idolatry. We tend to make a good thing an ultimate thing and chase after it. Now, I'm not meaning to put a dampener on the Christmas season, so just bear with me. The reason, though, that we so long for joy and feel the emptiness and frustration when we don't have it is that we have been made to experience joy. It's like our souls crave after it. We chase after it. We spend our lives on trying to attain it because our souls were made for joy. Now, there's a thought. Our souls were made for joy. See, I would even dare say that in order for our souls to fully function, we need joy. But the problem is that real joy is not found in a status or something, as I've explained. The joy we really crave, our souls crave, the Julie Andrews type of joy, this joy is only found in something, someone, a person. And this person, unlike all those many other relative unattainables, the joy found in Jesus is the only joy that is available to all. Because that's what the angels said. Joy to the world, the whole world, every person, all peoples, young and old, rich and poor, single, married, well, unwell, advantaged, disadvantaged. Nothing marks you out, nothing excludes you if you want to take hold of it. But how? I hear you ask, what do you mean joy is found in a person? Well, I'm gonna try and explain that. Joy is not happiness, which is subjective. It's not hilarity, which is prompted by something funny. Real joy is not fleeting, it's not unstable, it's not based on temporary things, it's based on eternal things. Identity, unconditional mutual love. Joy is relational richness with the bringer of life. It's active, it's experienced, it's real, it's pure, and it's available to all. And that's why joy is found in God, whose desire has always been to enjoy us, and us, in turn, enjoy him. It's him. Because of Jesus, no one can take away the love of our Heavenly Father, the one who made us, the one who loves us more than we can fully ever feel or understand. We don't deserve it, no. But he loves us anyway. It's him. He is what our souls were made for. And until we are satisfied in him, nothing else will do. And I don't just know this to be true from reading the Bible. I know this to be true from my own life and from the lives of many others around me. I've walked with friends through going through such pain and loss, friends who've lost their life partners, their babies, job, health, humiliation even. And despite this, although extremely hard, those who've chosen to walk through it with Jesus have not only come through the other side, but have found a deeper joy that you can possibly imagine despite the pain. From my own life, this was certainly true. 
There was a time about seven years ago when we, James and I, had lost four babies to miscarriage. And it was just before Christmas, and it was just such a brutal time of year. There were even moments as we were reading the Christmas story where I just felt jealous of Mary having her baby. It's true. At that time, if someone had offered me to have my baby to swap, even if it meant having the baby in a dirty animal stall in the cold and in poverty and in shame, I probably would have taken them up on it. It was a a frosty Christmas for my heart that year. But you know, despite this, despite the disappointment, despite the ache of loss and the uncertainty of our future family, I experienced some of the most soul-enriching moments of joy as I ran to my heavenly father into his arms and let him hold me and love me and restore me. To me, joy is and always will be found in Jesus, the originator, the bringer of joy. You see, the whole Christian message from beginning to end is the good news of great joy because it's the coming home story of the love of a father for his children. And the coming home began with the coming of a baby, a baby who'd grow to become an adult, an adult who would pay the ultimate price by taking our place so that all of us, whoever we are, whatever we've done, can access fully the joy, the relational richness of the love of the Father that is for all and for eternity, if only we would ask. Seriously, guys, this Christmas, let's not become misguided by empty promises of transient joy. Let's go for the real deal, the creator of joy, joy in person and for all persons. For some of us, this is a reminder, a gentle nudge. For others, it's an invitation to start an adventure that will, I promise you, not only open your eyes to the deepest need of the human soul, but will satisfy it completely. I'm going to leave you with the words of Jesus from Gospel of John 16 to 24. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Have a joyful Christmas, everyone.